0: Hey everyone, welcome to Sir Inc.'s The Experience Podcast, where we talk about anything and everything kink. We only cater to adults 18 and above, so remember this podcast is not safe for work, or as we like to say, NSF.
1: Remember, you can always listen to us in your private time. Hello, kinky and King here's folk out there. My name is Ink, and on today's podcast is part two with Little Heaven. We're gonna talk about polyamory. So, Little Heaven, we're back. We're gonna talk about polyamory. Yay! We're gonna talk about it from your perspective because we need to. We need to hear that and. Uh, there's so many different variations of it. And so we can get into it. Uh, so let's start off with, uh, what I'm going to say is like the origins of polyamory, which is thousands of years ago, women understood that if they wanted to have a family, uh, that they would have to necessarily share men. And that was just because of population. And also because of wars and so on like that. And so because of wars and things of that nature, there weren't a lot of men, therefore women had to basically share in that. And that view of polyamory is very different than Westernized polyamory. That's what we talk about polyamory from, you know, from like Africa, the origins of it. And it's all based around, uh based around family and that's funny because quick story, I ran into a guy on my way to Brazil one time, and he I was, you know, we were just talking. He's not from Africa. I forget where in Africa he's from. And uh and I and I was like, Oh, you know, you know, how is it? He's like, it's great. Uh but you know, there's not a lot going on in that town. And he said he said, I got brothers and sisters. I said, well, oh, how many brothers and sisters you have said I've got twenty nine. I said, Damn He said, yeah, I'm one of 30 kids. And I said, well, damn, really? He said, yeah, but my father has, I think he said his father had three wives. And I said, wow. And he said, yeah, think about it. He's like, here in the States, you have a lot of things to do, but but where they're from, he's like, people go to work and they come home. They don't have local bars, TV they're watching. So they come home and they're with their families. And you know, polyamory, Uh, polygamous relationships are very common, so it was nothing for his dad to have several women and a bunch of kids, but it's more centered around family. Uh, It's not that, in a lot of these systems, it's not that a man just brings home a woman like, oh, she's gonna be the next wife. No, there is a, a conversation with the community about bringing another woman on. So with that being said, let's talk about polyamory. (laughs)
0: Yes, sir. So I, I do believe that in the past, uh, you know, there were situations in, in, in time and in places where there was a shortage of uh, men. And so uh, women probably would, you know, form into family groups like that. And um, also uh, men having multiple wives and having loads of children that actually sounds really familiar to me here in the US. I would just call that divorce. Right. I I have two different uncles who have, you know, twice as many kids as anyone else wow. because they married one woman and had some kids. And then, you know, that went away and then they married another woman and had some more kids. Right. So I have a couple of uncles that have about nine kids each. Um, so that probably in a way still kind of happens here. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's definitely other family arrangement situations in the U.S. where you can't be married to more than one. Right. Um but I usually hear the term uh, "Papa was a rolling stone," mm-hmm. and there are definitely, you know, folks that have uh, stepped outside the box of monogamy and had uh, multiple families and children, um, you know, with multiple partners, um, but not in in what we consider a legal way.
1: Right.
0: So, and then, you know, here in the U.S., we have at least one, may well probably at least two major religions that uh, foster um, a polygamy. So maybe we should talk about the terms too. So uh polyamory is, and, and <laughs> so the the linguists, the truists will uh, fuss about the fact that that is a combination of two words from two different languages. I won't be able to remember which one's which, but one's Greek and right. one's Latin. Right. Um, and so uh, most people that I meet say that I have a, I have a real problem with polyamory, mm. but it's just about the word that it's a okay. combination of two different languages, not like the act itself. <laughs> okay. Um, and so uh, there's polyamory, which means multiple loves, so allowing for you to fall in love and be in love and have romantic relationships with more than one person. That's opposed to monogamy. So in monogamy, mono means one, so you would have right. you know one one love, one relationship, you know, one, and, and where poly means multiple or multiple. many. Right. And then uh, within. The different types of polyamory, there is um, polygamy, which is having multiple wives. And Mm. then there's polygamy, which is having multiple husbands. So Mm. within within the United States, we have um, the Mormons and they uh, allow for polygamy for a man to have Mm. multiple wives. But as far as I know, they don't really allow for polygamy for, uh, a wife to have multiple husbands oh. that I'm aware. Right. And then also, um, the Muslim faith allows for multiple wives. Right. Um, but I don't know that they allow for, for multiple husbands either. Right. Um, but if one has information on or believes in, uh, like Amazon women type societies that were, um, instead of being a patriarchal society being a matriarchal society Mm -hmm. where women are in charge at some point in in the history of the world and maybe existing somewhere in the world today it'd be super fun to hear those stories about cultures where the women are in charge and they are allowed to have multiple husbands but Mm -hmm. the husbands are not allowed to have multiple wives so i believe in the scope of human experience both cases are um exist Mm -hmm. or have existed. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think in our current culture where we are right now in this moment, uh, polygamy with multiple wives is more Mm -hmm. common than polygamy with multiple husbands. Mm
1: -hmm. Yes, it's funny. I I have a video. I can't remember uh, the name of it off the top of my head, but some French guys uh, made a video video back in the 70s Mm -hmm. And they talked about different cultures, and they went into this one culture. I don't know if they were in Africa or there was a Native American tribe, but the wife, or it was an Asian tribe, might have been like an Asiatic tribe. But um, basically, the woman had multiple husbands, and so it's nothing. the The, the aspect of a polygamy. It's not new um, when it comes to one person having multiple um, wives or husbands. I think the more, I think the more, I'm not going to say accepted, but I think the more popular version of it is uh, um, one man having multiple women, only for the aspect of the numbers of men to women and men that can actually. Foster more than one household at a time, and, and just like the, the, um, the Muslim the, uh, the Muslim culture When it comes to having more than one wife, you have to be able to provide for right. each wife equally
0: Yes, there's so
1: rules there, There's rules, and I think In our westernized society, I think that guys like the aspect of having more than one woman but I don't think we always carry it in that way of being responsible to more than one woman, in that way of being able to provide for them equally. Right. And I think that's what, you know, a lot of confusion gets in there and I think a lot of women uh, will see that. And I think a lot of women would be would be more willing to do it if men were more responsible. But I think in today's atmosphere, a lot of guys are using it just to have sex with women and just to have more than one woman without it being called cheating, uh they're using, you know, polyamory as an excuse. And right. I always go back to okay, but where's your responsibility to the women? Right. Are you being honest with what you're doing? Are you being honest with how you do you know? So this in this the- lot of questions.
0: Yes, sir. in the same way that folks can use BDSM uh-huh. to abuse their uh-huh. partners. Uh-huh. Very similarly, folks that are, are calling something polyamory can use that um, you know, as, a, as an excuse just to, to cheat and, and say it's not cheating because it's polyamory. So right. in, in BDSM, the, the difference for me, uh-huh. uh, the difference between what it is that we do and abuse is consent Mm -hmm. and so similarly in in polyamory it it could be said that the difference between poly and cheating is probably information like like Mm -hmm. sharing okay um the the knowledge do you know what's going on because if you don't know what's going on in my opinion that's cheating if you do know what's going on and you have agreed you have consented to it then then that's polyamory
1: yes yes and you know and number one i think for guys i think you know the 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 idea of having more than one woman really is like something a lot of guys would like to have but i think the reality of it is quite different than the actuality of it. I mean, you know, the reality of it is different than the the fantasy of it. And so I think as you mature and you understand what comes along with just having one woman in your life and trying to manage that. And when I mean manage that, manage that in a way of trying to be there for someone mentally, emotionally, and physically, and trying to grow yourself and help them grow as well with you. Uh, it's very challenging, you know, and so to add another person on top of that. Whew, you know, and and women aren't silent partners, they need to communicate, right? And so that's a lot of it. I mean, sometimes you can have one that's not much talkative, but the other one, mm-hmm. she don't want to talk. Yeah. And so it's challenging, you know, if you have a very when I'm an active partner, as far as conversation-wise, mm-hmm. so yeah. uh, I think guys need to think about that. You know, I, I don't. I, I definitely think that polyamory is something that looks really shiny and good and, and fancy, but the actuality of it, uh, enough of that is not being talked about. And the right. people who are talking about the actuality of polyamory are sometimes. I don't want to say vilified, but they're ostracized to a way that they look, they're made to look uncouth or extreme. When in reality, they're actually trying to, you know, teach the right things.
0: I suppose it's possible. I suppose there's people out there that are probably probably either way. You've, you've got some ones that are, that are trying to be better and healthy and get everyone's needs met. And there's probably other ones that are, you know, just, just trying to play the system for their own personal needs.
1: Right.
0: So there's, there's probably both. Um, so I think I want to talk about for a minute, maybe how I got into polyamory and um, why I like it, why it's important to me. Sure.
1: I, I would love to hear that.
0: Okay, so um, I got into polyamory after um, I had been in, I had been a serial monogamist. Okay.
1: Um,
0: I had Ooh. been in several monogamous relationships. Okay. Um, I have been married four times. Oh, uh, wow. Have you? I have. Ooh, so just, just
1: keep, keep, keep.
0: <laughs> it's getting juicy now. All right. so, I have questions,
1: <laughs> but go ahead. I'm sorry. <laughs>
0: So I have been married four times, uh, right. roughly five years each time. So, okay. you know, I can say I have been married 20 years, mm-hmm. but uh, two different people at, at four different times. Okay. Um, I had uh, I have two children. I have two sons. They're grown now. Um, okay. But I had them with my second husband. So, yes, I have been married uh, four times. And after being married four times and after the last one ended extremely badly, right? Um, mainly with him having to go to jail for a night, it, it ended really badly. Hmm. And I'm really not interested in going back to that place where hmm. I was at the end of that marriage. And so my first, you know, defensive gut reaction was, well, I'm just never going to do that again. Right. Um, and so I wanted to, I was interested in dating. Like okay. I still, I still like to spend time with people, hmm. um, again, because pansexual, um, you know, they don't have to be men. I All of the four of the partners that I married were men um, right. and I married them before uh, marrying a, a same sex individual was legal in the United States. Okay. So, um, you know, but I wanted to continue to date and I wanted to have something more than friends, but I didn't hmm. want to get engaged. I didn't want to get married i don't want to live with anybody i don't want to share finances i don't want to i can't have any more kids not interested in raising any more kids (laughs) um you know don't want to try to share custody of pets or anything you know crazy like that Hmm. so i definitely you know wanted to be um kind of on my own but still be connected with other people and so i kind of came into Uh, polyamory accidentally Um, I started dating someone who was poly and had other partners and I was Mm. like you know okay you know that'd be all right maybe this will help maybe this will be helpful for me because if they already have other partners that they have been with for longer than me and what we're doing is just over here what we build maybe Mm. this will and and if I'm still free to date other people if I date one two three four people then maybe I won't get too attached to one and then want to move in and then want to get engaged and then want to get married so so that was kind of how i went into it as a as a baby polyamorous and when i started getting into and then i had two partners and then had three partners and they were all already poly before i was okay and so getting into these relationships i was thinking you know i know how i'm not gonna fuck up my relationships because mm-hmm. i felt like every relationship i had ever had before now was fucked because it ended right. and uh, i've changed my opinion on that and right. we may or may not get into that in this discussion uh, i no longer feel like all of my past relationships were failures but at the time i felt like you know i know how i'm not gonna fuck up my relationships i'm just not gonna have any mm-hmm. um but if i'm gonna be dating these other people who have these relationships that they've been in for years before I came into the scene how am I gonna not fuck up their relationships Mm, maybe I better learn about polyamory so I don't just you know make some like accidental you know faux pas uh, Mm
1: -hmm.
0: situations that I could avoid by educating myself so um, I asked around about what kind of resources might be good for polyamory and the number one resource that was given to me was uh, a book and a website called more than two okay mm-hmm. and so um i had intended to read the ethical slut which is more a little mm-hmm. bit more broad broader about feeling okay about your own sexuality and then it t- mm-hmm. definitely touches on polyamory in there because the the two women that wrote that book were in polyamorous relationships okay. so it definitely gets into it in Uh, the ethical slut which Mm -hmm. was the first book that I read amazing Mm -hmm. book by the way especially if you are struggling with your sexuality at all as far as feeling like maybe like me you grew up in a very um, you know religious family and you feel like if you are not married and monogamous and just one partner you know you getting married as a virgin and having only one partner forever if you find yourself outside of that situation and not feeling comfortable with where you are but you want to feel comfortable where you are i absolutely recommend the ethical sled it's 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 the good shit so basically,
1: is a book for most of us <laughs> it is
0: yes it is a book for most right. of us
1: mm-hmm.
0: um and then so after the ethical sled then i read more than two okay And uh, I have a couple other books that I will recommend maybe even before that one now, but at the time, those were the first two that I read. Um, After I read more than two, I read another book called The Four Agreements. The Four Agreements is not necessarily about kink or poly or sexuality or anything like that. It is just four pieces of very good, very basic, life um advice yes Uh, a a path Mm -hmm. a path Mm -hmm. a A path for you to take and i wish that i had read the four agreements before i read these other books because it if you read them in that order it sort of creates this foundation of Mm -hmm. Learning to not have expectations and mm-hmm. always doing your best and being impeccable with your word. And I don't know if I can even say the, the fourth one. I don't know. There's a fourth one. You know, and, um,
1: and, and, and not to interrupt me, but let me say this yeah. is, I don't think for me, it's about not having expectations as much as it is understanding that your expectations are your own. Yeah. And not necessarily the responsibility of someone else to meet them
0: that's very valid not having expectations about other folks yes. maybe it's okay to have expectations about Obviously. yourself yes mm-hmm. yes but, but not having expectations of other people
1: yes and i think that's where people get the heartbreak right mm-hmm. and yes, i think, absolutely. I, think, I think we all have been there and you realize that what i thought and what i expected was different than what that person can actually do Mm-hmm. and then you realize that the only person you know is yourself right? and you you know your Capabilities your limitations and how you want to push yourself, right? But yeah, sure. other and we realize as we get older people will say That they can reach the level of your expectation just because they want to latch on to you, even if they know they're gonna fail, you know yeah. and, and as we mature you realize that so I think it's not necessarily having expectations as much as it is understanding that your expectations are your own, right? And not being disappointed when someone doesn't meet your expectations. Yes. And it's okay. And it's, th- they're being human. Right. I'm sorry. I'm a, go ahead.
0: No, no, you're good. So I'm going to digress for just a second because okay. I spent, um, about 30 years of my life, um, dealing with depression, okay. um, you know, mm. uh, I'm I'm a veteran. Um, that was part of it. I lost my dad when I was real young. That was part of it. Um, you know, just you know, it, it happens. Sometimes depression doesn't even have to have reasons. Sometimes right. you just are. Uh, Might have been a little bit hereditary for me. My dad was also what what we used to call melancholy. Mm. So um, anyway, so in in having multiple therapists, um, some civilian, some military, and right. et cetera, et cetera. I I didn't feel like I had a whole lot of super valuable information that I took away from the therapy, but probably the one most helpful piece of advice that a therapist ever, ever gave me was to not expect people to be anything other than what they've always been or to behave in any way other than they have always behaved so if you expect anyone to be anything other than who they are or to behave in any way other than how they have always behaved you're just setting yourself up for heartache yes
1: 100
0: and that exact that that's on my Fat life profile it's it's mm-hmm. in my main profile on Fat life it, it's so important and and the one most important piece of advice that I learned Mm -hmm. um, and that applies directly to the four agreements not making expectations of other people's behavior
1: right
0: so anyway so I wish I had read that one first so (laughs) when I when I mentor submissives um, I usually gift them uh, a copy of that book and I, I give it to them Uh, in their own option would they prefer to read it in paperback would they prefer to read it on the kindle would they prefer to hear it on audio Mm -hmm. i've definitely mentored submissives who um have um you know dyslexia or something else and they would much Mm -hmm. prefer to listen to it um than to read it so I usually gift that to every submissive that i mentor and have them start with that and then i recommend um The Ethical Slut, I recommend more than two, even before more than two. Now, I think I would recommend a book called Opening Up. Hmm. Uh, The book called Opening Up is um, sort of addressed to couples who are intending on opening up their relationships, but is really good and it really covers the broad scope of ethical non monogamy. Okay. Um, so polyamory is just one type of ethical non monogamy. Right. Um, there's also unethical non monogamy, <laughs> which <clears throat> I won't address, except to say that I'm not interested. Right. Um, I'm interested in ethical non monogamy, uh, or you'll hear folks call it ENM. Right. Um, and with in, in opening up, they kind of go through all of the different styles of ENM, and they even have a chapter about kink, um, you know, DS and, and BDSM uh, in that book. So that one is a really good kind of over a broad overview of the types yeah. of ethical non-monogamy and then more than two really focuses in on, on polyamory.
1: So let me ask you, so what, what has been the benefits of polyamory for you? how how does it how does it resonate in and, and help you um, how does it help you flourish
0: so i will share with you my two favorite things about polyamory okay. my second favorite thing about polyamory is that i don't have to find one person to be my everything. Everything.
1: Okay. Yes, please. Thank you. Because yeah. when
0: I was dating, you know, I dated a lot of people mm-hmm. and sort of came up in trial and error with this list. And I, mm-hmm. I have this list mm-hmm. of ten things, you know, mm-hmm. minimum minimum things that I want in a partner. Mm-hmm. And most people could meet maybe seven. Mm-hmm. Um I've had a couple that I felt like met eight or nine. And <laughs> the one time that I thought I had all 10 things off of my list was that terrible, horrible marriage that went up in flames and ended with, you know, somebody in jail and a, oh, a lot of a lot of money being paid to lawyers.
1: Jesus Christ, oh <laughs> Lord, oh Lord. We try our fire, right, literally.
0: So, you know, trying to find the one who can oh. meet all your needs, um, It did not work out well for me in my in my personal experience. I still I still keep the list and I refer to it and I remember I use it to remember the things that are important to me. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Um, But I don't I'm not under the um, uh, mistaken impression that someone who appears to be everything is is going to you know actually play out like I have it in my head.
1: Right
0: so um yeah so not having to find one person to be your everything and being free to get your needs met with Mm -hmm. multiple people because i have lots of hobbies that i like to enjoy and participate in i love renaissance festivals and i have met some amazing people that i love to spend time with that we have other things in common but they don't want to go to the renaissance festival with me if i was Uh, if I, if I felt like I needed to stick to one partner, I would have to decide if this partner's not into Renaissance festivals. um, Can I continue to be with them or not? Mm. Um, Can I get that need met with my friends? Um, Maybe going to the Renaissance festivals is enough with my friends is enough for me. Um, You know, but for me personally, I love to have a partner to go to Renaissance festivals with. I love to smoke cigars. Not everyone likes to smoke. I love to drink bourbon. Not everyone likes to to drink. And I've had very um, fulfilling, amazing relationships with people that I have grown and learned from who do not drink, and I do not drink around them. So
1: let me ask you a question. So I know a lot of people like to know this. If you're in a polyamorous relationship with, let's say, two, three different people, is all three of them a sexual relationship? Do you have to be sexually attracted to all three of them? Or can one or two of them just be like a relationship emotionally or mentally and not be physical?
0: Yes. My answer is yes. Okay. So let me tell you about my favorite thing about polyamory, and then I will address that part right there. So. Again, my second favorite one is I don't have to find one person to be my everything and I can find important things to me to share with multiple people. Mm -hmm. So my very, very favorite thing about polyamory is I don't have to be anyone's everything. Perfect. Because if I meet someone, I'm attracted to them and Mm -hmm. I fall in love and i have that that we in in polyamory we call it nre you get the new relationship energy and that's mm. all the hormones and the the good mm. feels and this mm. this cocktail of deliciousness mm. that you have in the beginning um when um you're feeling that when i'm feeling that i want to be someone's everything like i want to i want to be and it's it crazy it doesn't make any kind of logical sense but for me personally when i meet someone and i'm totally totally into them i want to be their everything i want to be the first girl that they kissed of course mm-hmm. i probably can't do that right. i want to be the first person they experienced their favorite movie with i want right. to be the first person that served them their favorite ice cream i want to be right all of these things but but you cannot and even aside from that trying to be someone's everything i don't like sports ball i am not into sports at all whatsoever Mm -hmm. in any way shape or form i have from time to time in my life agreed to sit and watch sports you know Mm -hmm. maybe make some drinks or um snacks or you know hang out with them while they're doing their favorite Mm -hmm. thing or you know, suck their cock while they're watching their favorite right. game, you know, there, there are ways to participate, but I don't enjoy sports. And if I was mm-hmm. with someone that really like wanted to go to the games in person all the time mm-hmm. and stuff, I'd be like, you know, babe, you gotta, you gotta get new friends or another girl. Cause that's just not my mm-hmm. jam. That's your jam. right? Mm-hmm. And that's so good. in the past when I was monogamous and mm-hmm. I would meet someone and we had interests that didn't align, I would feel less than, mm-hmm. I would feel inadequate. I would feel like I was not enough mm-hmm. because our interests did not match up 100%. Yeah. And so being free of that pressure to have to be someone's everything and mm-hmm. no longer having to feel less than inadequate. And um, yeah, you know, it's just, it's, it's, it's super freeing. It's super amazing and, and polyamory mm-hmm in the last four years has been you know like the best years of my life maybe for other reasons too but yeah it's it's been amazing
1: i think that's a hard pill for men to swallow because i think men think a lot of us think uh there's not a lot of good guys out there i'm a good guy so i'm the end all be all and my flaws you should overlook you know and just ride it out with me right Mm -hmm. Uh, a lot of guys uh do not understand that we cannot be everything. And the things and where we fall short it's not for the other partner to suffer through without getting it. And in particular, they can get fulfilled without actually being physical with that person. I think that's always a fear of of men. And I I remember I have a a good friend and, uh, And he's been married for over 30 some years and, and um, there was a situation where someone saw his wife out and like, yo man, I saw your wife out having dinner with some other guy, this, that, another. And he was like, all right, well, uh, was she paying the bill? Cause if she wasn't paying the bill, we really don't give a, give a F. And she was having dinner with another person. Now, little did they know that he knew that she was out with her good friend and a business partner. Right. And he was like, I don't give a shit. And then it was times he come in like, oh man, my wife is getting the fuck on my nerves i wish she'd get a boyfriend get the fuck off my nerves you know but stuff like that but it goes it's to say that you know it's okay my like i wish my wife would find someone else interesting right to to pass that energy off or to pass that you know that conversation off too right and things of that nature i remember my ex-wife um, i've only been married once. So, 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 so you're behind. You're behind. You got to catch up. I'm behind you, right? And so, I remember uh, she's into art. And she met a guy at an art show that we were at. And he, you know, he was married with kids. And he would, um, and they became friends. And he was teaching her how to do art. And I wasn't jealous. And uh, they would be up talking about art and things of that nature. And I, I didn't give a shit. And uh, when that relationship kind of came to an end, she's pouring that energy back on me. I said, Y'all ain't good now, huh? I was like, Now that y'all not good, now you're gonna just bring all that, all that rap to me, right? Mm. And my whole thing to her was like, Listen, I mean, I'm I was never jealous that you have something in common with another man that we don't. Mm. Um, we have. <laughs> We have a family, he has his family, and by the way, if he's more interested in you than me, and to the point where you wanna be with him, uh, well, go ahead and do that. Like, I'm not sweating that, uh, cause I don't feel as though, and I will always tell her, like, look, if there's someone else, else out there better for you than me, then go ahead and pursue that. But I'm not going to, uh, go out my way to do more than what I'm already doing. Like I was, you know, I'm already doing the most that I can, I'm giving you 110%, mm-hmm. I don't have much more. And and I think, uh, and it's an uncomfortable position because in this society, and probably in most societies with men are not taught that uh, it's okay for a woman to seek interest, even if there's other men and it's not that she's very interested in that man, but they have things in common that you don't have, like my ex-wife and this, and this gentleman that was painting well art. But then I saw how the art transferred to her art getting better. And I have a bunch of her paintings and she became a really good artist. So I, I just was never jealous of that, you know? And I know people would be very jealous of that. They wouldn't want that, be very controlling over that. Right. But but I mean, the opposite of that is you create resentment. And then if you mm-hmm. can't meet that level of what they're missing, I mean, it just, right. it's just, to me, it just creates content. And I mean, I'm, I'm older and I'm more mature. And I was mature even at 30, 32, uh, to, you know, to, to just be cool with it. Because it's not that deep. You know, I don't think I'm replaceable in that way.
0: I agree. Absolutely irreplaceable.
1: Absolutely. You think so?
0: Absolutely irreplaceable. Yes.
1: There you go. There you go flattering me. But no, but you have to kind of think like that, right? I mean, Mm -hmm. I can't stop someone. I don't know why women do not understand that. You know, as many women have been cheated on or blah, blah, blah. I don't understand why women don't, don't really understand that. You can't be a man's everything. And that's, and there's no, and there's no slight to you. <clears throat> it's just men are very physical, we're very um, visual, mm-hmm. and we're fucking stupid when it comes to those things. <laughs> we like what we see, we want to touch it, we want to fuck it, and after we do it, we be like, mm-hmm, I fucked that up, but I'm in this. now I'm in this rabbit hole. I'm down this rabbit hole. Yeah. If I've been lying, I'm really fucked over, but if I've been yeah. telling the truth, I could probably have a better way with this, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think this is where guys struggle back to this polyamory. So guys want to go to polyamory, but they really don't know how to carry it. They just think, well, I'm in a polyamory, so I can have more than one woman. You know, it's like I hear, uh, I've had many um, subs come to me and say, look, you know, it just seems like this lifestyle, a man can have more than one woman. And I said, don't, don't look at the pictures that you see online with men, with one woman, two other women in the distance, kissing on each other, touching on each other, and it's awesome. I'm like, that shit is for pictures. Yeah. I was like, the, the majority of the people that I know that are in this lifestyle are monogamous. Mm-hmm. And it's not a jealousy thing, but they're just monogamous. And a lot of guys that are in this lifestyle that are owners or submissives, it's very personal to them. And their responsibility to their sub is very personal. And I know some that have extracurricular going on, but they do it with their submissive. They play together, which makes it stronger. So I heard a uh, courtmaster Master Sekou on live two nights ago and he was saying to some young ladies, you know, you have a woman right there next to you and if you treat her right and you you, you cultivate good things for her she'd be so open to do a whole lot Mm -hmm. you know but as men you have to be okay with your woman opening up like that but guys are scared they just you know guys want women to be where they are and we do what we do Mm -hmm. so that's the end of my rant
0: (laughs) well thank you sir for sharing um so you brought up a couple of good points, and I, I'm I'm going to segue uh, into okay. what I what I promised to talk about was you asked me if it's possible to have these kinds of relationships, you know, without sex. Right. My answer is yes.
1: Okay.
0: Um, you can, and I have. Um, okay. So I'm I'm going to name a couple of situations. So in my diving into and learning about and experiencing and growing in polyamory. Um, I had a best friend, a best girlfriend, and we were not uh, sexually intimate with each other. She was, you know, just my best girlfriend in, in the normal sense that most folks think about.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But I uh, was dating and I, um, while being pansexual, I do tend to date men more than women. Mm-hmm. Um, I was bailing on her. In a lot of situations we would uh you know we like to go to the renaissance festivals together she and i and i would be instead of staying the night and and sleeping over and camping at the renaissance Mm. festival i would be heading back into town to go to a party or to go on a date with someone um you know we would have plans to hang out and i would say okay but i have to cut it short because i have a date after or um can we reschedule because i have a date and um i was um you know canceling and rescheduling a lot with her for for men for boys mm-hmm. um and it really hurt her feelings
1: mm-hmm.
0: and it, you know it was mm-hmm. that's valid um and so I had to sort of I sort of started to recognize that this relationship that I had with her mm. was just as important and just mm. as valid as any of the other poly relationships that I had. And and in polyamory, we say that um, love is infinite, but time mm. is not. Okay. And most healthy poly folk that I know have a very intimate relationship with the Google calendar because this is all about scheduling and, Mm -hmm. you know, keeping commitments. And so when you make a commitment to spend time with someone, you keep it. And if you want to keep it, you need to know where it's at and you put it on the Google calendar. So I realized that I needed to put her on my calendar with, with all of these, you know, people that I was dating and new people that I was meeting. And stuff because I was making my relationship with my best girlfriend less important than these, you know, sexual or romantic relationships, and that right. that was not fair. So I learned, and, um, and I started to look at all of my relationships differently. I sort oh, yeah. of came to realize that because I used to separate them out, you know, these were the romantic ones, these mm-hmm. were the sexual ones, mm-hmm. um, you know, these were the friends, these were mm-hmm. the family. And, um, you know, in, I had my biological family, but then I also had my chosen family, my leather family. And so I started seeing, instead of categorizing all of these relationships into different boxes, I started to recognize that just like people are individual people and you can't just put them in boxes. Mm-hmm. All of these relationships were individual relationships. What I had with this person was completely 100% unique and individual and nothing like any of my other relationships. Right. And so I started, instead of having these boxes where my relationships went, it just, it just went out into like this lotus of all of these different petals of right. you know my friends and my family and some of them were all intermixed and inter- mingled. some were closer together and some were right. farther away but it just became a lot more um a beautiful picture um in my mind and i started giving uh you know better respect and better priority and better um uh, management of time now mm-hmm. that these every single relationship is is equally important and valid um and instead of and in poly there's a lot of hierarchical stuff Mm -hmm. um i tend to shy away from the hierarchical stuff of this is my primary partner and this one this relationship is more important than this one and this one Mm -hmm. because i learned in that best friendship that i ultimately lost Mm
1: -hmm.
0: after five years because that's how my best relationships go they're five years Um, that I have to, you know, give them all the same respect and Mm -hmm. I have to give them all the same, uh, honor and they're all, uh, valid in, Mm -hmm. in their own way. Um, and to not, you know, prioritize one over, over the other. Mm -hmm. So, and, and yes, I have had, um, a non-sexual romantic relationship um within the spectrum of sexuality there are folks that consider themselves asexual mm-hmm. they still wish to have romantic relationships but they don't wish to have the physical sex there's still you know some some cuddling and some hand holding and some touching and some kissing um but they're not interested in like the the sexual intercourse part mm-hmm. of the relationship and i had a romantic relationship with someone very dear to me that um was not interested in the sexual part of it.
1: Hmm.
0: So, um, thank you. How was that? Um, so it was still like romantically um, fulfilling. Okay. Um, you know, we sort of, you know, maybe tried a couple of times. It just didn't work. But because I was poly, and because I already had these other relationships that were fulfilling my sexual needs, right. like I could never have had. And this is. Oh, this is one of the most beautiful parts of of Polly because I already had my sexual needs met by other people. Mm -hmm. I could still have this romantic relationship with this person and Mm -hmm. I could honor that and we could spend time and we could do things that we like to do together, you know, like um, drink and smoke and go to the Renaissance festivals. Mm -hmm. Um, Because if I had been monogamous Mm -hmm. I never would have entered into a romantic relationship with this person because I'm very sexual and I have sexual needs that have to be met and they were not able to meet those needs. Needs, right. So so I just think that's one of the most beautiful things about poly is that you can enter into relationships with people that if you were monogamous, you would not be able to choose them because they're not able to meet some of your needs. But because you're having your needs met by other people, you're now free to enter into this relationship and to let it grow and and be what it is and you know you get to grow from that they get to grow from that and i i just think yeah it, it's beautiful it, it gives me chills to talk about it
1: mm-hmm. so where do you uh, where do you stand right now how many lovers do you have now by how many right how this minute
0: yes <laughs> i just moved from austin to charlotte um and back in austin i didn't have currently anyone that i would consider partner Mm -hmm. um i definitely still had you know and and i struggled for a long time i even have like writings about it on felt life about how like i struggled to label these things Mm -hmm. um because you know i hate the word partner um You know but oh oh but here's here's one that's kind of fun so i've had boyfriends girlfriends joy friends Mm. love that love joy Mm. friends um you know because sometimes folks aren't a boy or a girl but you can still you know give give them this cute little label if, if you prefer to use labels right um so like i i definitely had you know a friends with benefit that I, um, you know, specifically spent time with, um, before I left out of town, but they have other partners. Um, I'm going off to Charlotte to, to do, you know, whatever it is Mm -hmm. that's meant for me next, um, with no promises to keep the connection or to ever come back or for them to visit me, to just let it be what it is. Mm -hmm. And it, it, I'm, I'm allowed to go be who I need to be and do what I need to do without having to promise something that I don't know if I can and continue. Right. Um, I was also um, dating a couple at the time. I've dated two couples in my, um, in my journey Mm -hmm. um, where I, I tell people, um, they call that a unicorn if there's a single uh bi woman or you know, in my case polyamorous bi woman who um you know will date a couple and be um either romantic or sexual in in both of these well in the most recent case i was definitely romantically and sexually involved with both of them mm-hmm. i i i love both of them and um You know, but again, I met them not very long before I knew I had already sold my house and I was moving Um, so we spent some time together I do have plans to um, go back and spend time with them and they have plans to come see me so there's there's a little more plans involved in that. Um, But again, we haven't really come to the level that I would consider partner. I have had partners in my past. I probably haven't had anyone, I've had a couple of like false starts, like people who I thought were going Mm -hmm. to become partners who didn't in the last two years. But really, I haven't had what I would consider partner. I think I broke up with my last partner in a March, Mm -hmm. I, I think, I think March or April last year, or yeah, yeah, last year. So for, for over a year. probably probably close to 18 months i've I've been unpartnered okay um but you know i've moved to charlotte i've chatted with a couple of people i have now um had a couple i've been to a couple of munches here and stuff so you know i'm starting to meet people um and i definitely have you know there's other people on my radar around the country that i'm like you know if i ever had opportunity to spend time with them you know th- that would be amazing if if the universe has that in store for me. Great. So I definitely have you know like you see you have your levels of like acquaintances and crushes and right. um, you know boyfriends, joy friends, girlfriends, um, partners, friends with benefits. You know so there's the the whole the whole spectrum. But but right now currently in this moment I do not have a partner. I am not currently in a DS relationship and I have not been for probably about 18 months. Okay. Mm -hmm. Wow. So that was one of the reasons why I felt free to leave Austin, though, was because the connections that I had previously that kept me from moving. When, When my youngest son graduated high school in 2018, I intended to sell my home and move. And I actually ended up hanging around for a couple of years longer than that because i had intimate relationships um with people that i didn't want to leave them and they didn't want me to leave um but those sort of you know eventually over time fell away and then i was released and free to to move to a new a new space and find out you know what's next Yay.
1: That's, what that's what i'm talking about 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 that's good I think this is in. Oh, go ahead.
0: So in in what you 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 went on um, having this discussion for a period of time, and one of the things that you mentioned in there was jealousy.
1: Right. Yes. I, I think that is big because I think when people hear it, even if they think that it it can resonate with them, I think they don't understand how to handle jealousy. Mhm. Mm-hmm.
0: So in More Than Two, the, mm. the book that I highly recommend, um, is a whole chapter about jealousy. Okay. And I am happy to share with you uh, what I learned about jealousy and how it applies to me and how I personally deal with it. It, okay. was, it was very like one of those light bulb, you know, mind expansive, mind blowing moments um, yes. for me when uh, I learned. Is,
1: this is what people need to hear. They need to hear this. They really do. They really need to hear this.
0: This is how, what I learned about jealousy. So in More Than Two, there's a chapter about it. And I was going through where I had two or three partners and I was stupid, head over heels in love, all up in the NRE um, for for this um Nasty sadist, I call him. <laughs> he was my nasty sadist. He's
1: your nasty he was, sadist.
0: He was my nasty sadist. So he, you can find him in my writings on Fet Life. and um, he's the one. He's the one that introduced me to my my own masochism. I didn't think I was a masochist wow. before I met him. Um, anyway, so stupid, crazy in love with this man, and I found myself and in the middle in the middle of reading this book, I was having some feelings. Okay. And I, f- I was feeling some kind of way. And I was trying to figure out how to deal with that. And um, the first very basic thing that I learned about my feelings was um, that you don't have to address all of your feelings. Sometimes your feelings are just your feelings and you just need to you, you. First of all, don't try to suppress them. Right. Your feelings are valid. Whatever you are feeling is, is valid. Right. Don't let nobody tell you your feelings are wrong or they're right. not okay or whatever. Your feelings are your own. You right. own them. Nobody mm-hmm. gets to tell you how to feel your feelings.
1: Right.
0: But also, you don't have to act upon all your feelings. Your feelings are um, like a check engine light on your car. So sometimes your check engine light means something really, really important and absolutely you should get it into uh, the mechanic and get that shit checked. But sometimes your check engine light is you forgot to put your gas cap back on. Sometimes your check engine light is, uh, you know, you need to top off some fluid. Sometimes your check engine light is, Oh my God, shit's about to explode. Stop now. (laughs) So, you know, it's, Sometimes it's super important and sometimes it's not. And that right. check engine light doesn't give you like a degree of importance. Mm-hmm. Sometimes your feelings don't give you the degree of importance. Sometimes you feel like, oh, my God, I'm going to die mm-hmm. when it's not that big of a deal. And sometimes eh, it's just a little twinge of a feeling of something. But you really should <laughs> check that shit out because right. it's about to explode. So anyway, so so feel your feelings. Um, but you don't always have to address them. It's not always an emergency. And then, so I was having some feels in this relationship and um, I was going on social media and I was seeing my partner with his other partners. Okay. And it was making me feel some kind of way. And I was trying to identify what that was because I don't Mm -hmm. consider myself a a jealous person. Mm I don't think I started off in life being jealous. I think I learned jealousy probably okay. from, from my first husband who was super jealous.
1: Okay. In
0: in what I call toxic monogamy.
1: Mm.
0: I learned in toxic monogamy that it was if my partner was jealous of me, that meant he loved me. Mm. That meant he loved me a lot if he was super jealous that meant he loved me a lot and mm. therefore if i was not jealous it meant that i did not love him as much as he loved me
1: mm.
0: so i learned to be jealous mm. to prove that i loved him as much as he loved me That's deep. so i learned that and then i had to turn around and unlearn it mm. so not naturally jealous person I'm figuring I could do the polyamory not super jealous but I was finding myself feeling jealous I was like well what the hell so like literally as this was happening in my life I'm reading this book and it has this chapter about jealousy and there's this line in there that says when you feel jealousy maybe it's not about what your partner is doing because that's the first thing everybody comes to is oh my god they're doing something i don't like it hurts my feelings we have to figure out how to make them stop right this book suggests what if jealousy isn't about anyone else what if it's about you what if it's about your feelings what if you turn the mirror inside and you look at what is going on with you perhaps jealousy is an unmet need Ooh. think about that for a minute do you have an unmet need what's going on in this situation do you have an unmet need is that what's going on
1: right
0: and so i stopped i literally stopped and put the book down and thought about it for a minute the thing that was pissing me off was seeing pictures of him with all these other beautiful women on the internet and one i'm comparing myself to them which i should not do
1: mm-hmm. because compare
0: Because comparison is the thief of joy. Yes, it
1: is.
0: (laughs) And I am unique and amazing. And what I have with my partner is completely different Different. from anything that he has with anybody else. else. Yes. Yes, And so what's going on? Right. I realized in that moment when I stopped thinking about what anybody else was doing and I looked inside me, I realized, I had been in love with this man and I had been dating him for probably five or six months. I did not have a single photograph with him. We had Mm -hmm. never taken a picture together. I was like, that's the problem. That's exactly the problem. I'm seeing pictures of him with all of his other partners on social Mm -hmm. media. I don't have a single photo with him. How Mm -hmm. do we get to this place? How did we get here? Um, And so what I did was decide to make a request Okay. Not a demand, not an ultimatum, mm-hmm. not a transaction. This was a request. And in a request, your partner is allowed to say no. Right. Because that's consent. Consent is based on their freedom to say no. Yes. So I decide to make a request. Will you take a photo with me? Can I have a photo of us? Right. Not necessarily for social media, but just for me. So for you, right. And so i decided to make this request and what i discovered was that when i made the request to get my needs met making the request made the jealousy disappear like as soon as i said the words like it literally just disappeared i didn't Mm. even care what his response was he didn't even have to answer he He could have answered said he could have said no for whatever reasons But I found that as soon as I asked to get my needs met, that jealousy was gone. Mm -hmm. So for me personally, I learned through this experience that for me, the check engine light, when I feel the jealousy Mm -hmm. means I have an unmet need and I stop looking around at everybody else around me, I look within me, find out what need I have unmet and I make a request. And I've done it more than once or twice now. And it is very effective. As soon as I make that request to have my needs met, regardless of what the answer is, the jealousy goes away from me. Nice. I'm sure it doesn't work for everyone like that, but it works for me. And it's, it's very, very effective.
1: Well, I mean, it's good that people hear your processes, you know, and, and understand that, you know, they're not alone. Jealousy is a natural um, emotion. Mm-hmm. And, and we all have thoughts, And I talk about this a lot, like, you know, emotions is energy emotion. Mm -hmm. And when you think of things, it's up to you, the user, if you're gonna put energy behind that thought or not. Now your mind throws up thousands and thousands of thoughts every day, but not all those thoughts need your attention. And where you need to be the user is be able to differentiate between what deserves the attention, what doesn't deserve the attention of your energy. Because once you put your energy into it, you all the way in. And so many people do not have control over their their emotions. And you're not gonna be in control 100% of the time, but damn sure you could be in control 80% of the time. Mm, Right. You know.
0: So again, if you're not trying to control your emotions, but if you are feeling them and listening to them, but not trying to control. I think of it in my head as like, if emotions are the weather, or they Mm -hmm. are the waves, you cannot control the tide, Mm -hmm. the tide is going to come and go as it as it does, you don't have any control over that. But you know, you can learn to do You can learn to surf.
1: Yes, you can. Uh, You can learn to sail.
0: You can learn to kayak, you can learn to pair, you know, you can do all Mm -hmm. these amazing Mm -hmm. things on Mm -hmm. this ocean this wave mm. of of emotions mm. that happen to you and mm. when you you learn what mm. what is your jam do you like to dive mm. do you like to swim mm. do you like the fish do you like to sail what do you like to mm. do with this you know ocean of emotions that has been gifted to you as a human being oh,
1: we are preaching tonight mm-hmm. so listen um man like you said we could talk for an hour and a half about this <laughs> so so alright, real quick for the audience. Let's go back. Um, let's go back about the books that you recommended. But let's mm-hmm. let's go back to the books. But not only that, let's go back to uh, your advice to people getting in a polyamorous. So can you wrap up your advice with the books that you recommend and the order that they should read these books? I think that would be crucial.
0: I'll do my best. Well, I might I might go real quick through the books and then and then, um, yeah. So um, again, if I was going to reorder my lessons um, and give them to someone else, I would absolutely read the four agreements Okay. and I won't be able to remember the names of these authors. Um, But uh, I guess I could maybe make a list somewhere. But anyway. I actually might be able to remember that one, Miguel Ruiz, John Miguel Ruiz. Anyway, uh, so the four agreements. I would read that one first. I would definitely read the Ethical Slut. I think it's really great. But if you, you know, if you're in crisis and in a situation where you need to learn polyamory now, you could uh, skip uh, the Ethical Slut and just go uh, to Opening Up, which is addressed kind of towards couples but it gives a great overview and then more than two i think is is the best book for polyamory and they also have a website called more than two um, that i i in the kind of polyamory that i prefer mm-hmm. um, that's the best book that i have come across so and then when you do experience jealousy when you do experience issues in your relationships when i experienced issues in my relationships i ended up finding a lot of good information in regards to a topic uh, about, um, attachment, attachment Mm -hmm. theory. So I found that, um, I was having a crisis in my relationships from attachment issues. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, two really good books in there. There's one called attached, Mm -hmm. and it's not for the kink or the poly community per se. It's, it's, um, just kind of for the general, Public, but then there's a really good one that was written more recently, maybe last year, the year before, it might have just come out. That one is called Polysecure,
1: mm-hmm. and
0: like, so if you were only gonna read three books out of mm-hmm. all those, you're not a book person, and again, you can listen to them on audiobook. I listen mm-hmm. to half of these on audiobook. I love audio. I would do the Four Agreements. Mm-hmm. I would do more than two, and mm-hmm. I would do Polysecure. Okay. okay. Yeah.
1: And listen, um, there is no emergency to read any of these things or to be in anything. Do not rush to get in any of this because those who rush make mistakes and those mistakes can be very um, not fatal, but crucial um, to relationships and how people view you, especially as men being the ones who are more the actors in this. Um, you have to be a little bit more balanced. So do not rush to anything. Read up, study up, um, ask for advice, and do not rush into any of this stuff. It, it looks shiny and glamorous, but it's a lot of responsibility and a lot of work to be done.
0: Right. And monogamy is just a valid a relationship style as any type of non-monogamy. Right. So none are better than or less than, none, none are right. more or less. Monogamy is absolutely a valid relationship choice. And one of the, the dominants that's in a, a DDLG, a daddy-dom little girl mm-hmm. relationship, one of the doms that I respect the most in the community in Austin, Texas, mm-hmm. is monogamous.
1: Good. See, that's what I'm saying. Most of the guys that I know that have submissives in this lifestyle are monogamous. Mm-hmm. Most of the people I know in this in this Lifestyle are monogamous
0: and his is absolutely by choice because that man yes. is hotter than fuck He can get yes. any woman that he wants yes. and he chooses monogamy
1: Yeah, you know because a lot of men when they get old when they mature and I mean they get older uh, above 45 you really don't Your life becomes a little bit more streamlined whereas though You like things to be very settled in your life And bringing in more people makes things more unsettled, you know, and so it's easier to deal with one person, it's easier to focus on one person. It's easier to get your energy up for that person, you know, to expect. As you get older, as you mature, you like, well, at least for me, I like things that are more predictable. I don't like random shit in my life, because random shit costs money and it costs energy and it costs, (laughs) it's just a lot, you know, so, I understand, so I understand why you would want one. You know, I, I, can, I can understand, I can understand. So tell my people where they can find you at.
0: So um, my name is Lil Heaven and you can find me most easily on Life. Um on, on FetLife, if you mm-hmm. go to my page and look, there'll be some links to my journals. And the, I think the very first one that I give a link to, which I would mm-hmm. encourage you to go check out, because we haven't even talked about all of the different kinds of polyamory. We just touched mm-hmm. on polyamory. This yeah, is not gonna... even the majority of yes. it. We just we just did a quick little slice. Mm-hmm.
1: Oh, we're going to mm-hmm. have
0: more. And so on my FetLife page, uh, the very first link that I give to my journals, you can read about solo polyamory, okay. which is the the kind that i identify with and you you can read all about what solo polyamory means
1: to me. Wonderful. And uh you guys know you can reach me. Sir I Q on everything. Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Follow me on Kingspace, the community kingspace.net. Uh, we just redid that. That's coming along fine. Um really excited for that and um, a lot of things coming for 2022 so stay tuned
0: that was quite an experience wasn't it tune in again for a fresh release of sir inks the experience podcast